Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights, strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my friends, to the Zenpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, and today I have a very powerful and interesting guest. His name is Phil Kreutzer. He's an intuitive guide, a nervous system specialist, and somatic energy integration coach with a passion for supporting people and awakening to their infinite potential. This is going to be an interesting conversation. He's developed an original approach which draws on somatic experiencing mindfulness breath work, and other practices to help clients heal trauma, integrate energetic blocks, access their intuition, and connect with higher intelligence. Phil is the founder of Delivering Divinity, a cohort-based program that guides people in learning to clear their channels, open up to flow, and live into divine alignment. My brother, welcome to the show. Bro, so happy to be here, man. Thanks for the intro. Absolutely. Now, you and I, we speak a very similar language, and I'd love for you to just share with the audience, what is it that you do? How can you support a listener today? Sure. Be happy to. So we've all probably heard the term flow state before thrown about, um, but do we know what it is? And for me, it's flow is about being hyper-present and dissolving all resistance to the moment, right? Because we all have access to an infinite supply of energetic funding from the universe, inspiration. Where does inspiration come from? And is it a renewable resource? It's infinite. We can always have more inspiration coming in and we can always have more inspiration coming in, more and more. So it's about opening up to that flow and when we live in that flow, guess what? Inspiration is intelligent. Inspiration is calibrated for every individual. Because it's my belief in cosmology, I'm going to elaborate on this today, that inspiration is a current of potential energy that knows that exactly who Phil Kreutzer is, exactly who Mar Mario Lanzarati is, right? And it takes all variables, all variables in the entire universe into consideration when it gives us this current of potential energy that knows, hey, if you follow, if you ride this wave, guess what? You're gonna be supported out in the world through synchronicity. There's gonna be a pot of gold at the, at the end of the rainbow. And you're gonna be vibrating at a certain energy frequency that makes you a vibrational match for the things that you actually want to magnetize into your life. So being at the right place at the right time, running to the person in the coffee shop, and so when we live in that synchronicity, that energetic funding, guess what? We're going from a linear model of the mind to a quantum, infinite model where we can just be in the right place at the right time and manifest miracles through living in inspiration. Mm. That's big. That's yeah, very big. Yeah. So I love that. And there's a, a bunch of questions that I have. But before we dive into that, I want to know, how did Phil Kreutzer get to divine alignment and flow states that he can access at will and guide other people into that? What got you to this moment in time today here? It's a great question. So what got me there was living a life of fear and anxiety and resistance to that flow for a very, very long time and living such a tiny existence where I knew that there was more of me that wanted to come online. And I knew there was a better life out there for me, but I didn't know how to access more of me and I didn't know how to get to that better life. And so I, in my twenties, had a marketing company with a few other guys 
and I was the video production expert. Only I didn't know videos well. I didn't like videos. I wasn't good at it. I was really living in a zone of incompetence and did that for eight, nine years. And I sold everyone in my network as me being an expert in the field that I didn't like, wasn't inspired by. And so that began to just kind of eat away at my soul. And eventually I hit a breaking point. I had, I had a series of catalysts um, that really allowed me to feel on a deep level, deep heartbreak, right? And so on the one hand, that part of me that I was trying to access that wanted to come online, well, there was almost a surface membrane around that. And I couldn't feel down mm. through that layer until I felt deep pain. And then it opened up that energy to flow for me to access it. And when I came into the deep pain, I came into the deep clarity. And then it was like, wow, okay, the floodgates are open. I'm ready to look at everything in my life that's not aligned and not working. And I didn't know what, uh, how to get where I wanted to go. All I knew was where I was, was not the place. And so I made it a point, a decision at that point to take a giant leap of faith and uh, actually uh, booked a one-way ticket to India and set off on years of solo international travel on this journey of self-discovery. Discovery. Going into any spiritual path or any self-healing modality that was of interest, that was calling me. And over time, I started to open up to more and more flow and to more and more of myself, expanding into wholeness, dissolving all the complexity that was kind of fracturing my being so that I could just be online, be more fully online, more fully present, and more, more fully open to receive. Hmm. Were there some practices that you had heard of before people talk about it and you sort of dismissed it, but then you went into them and you completely changed your mind about them? Totally, bro. Um, so leading up to the point where I left my company, I had gotten into yoga and gotten into meditation. And I really credit those practices with helping me um, take that action. And if you think about, you know, what, what is yoga? Well, it's a very strong embodiment practice. And part of the challenge for me and for most of our listeners and most of the Western world is that we're living above the net. We're not in our bodies. We're in our heads. Right. And, uh, I just call the mind a complexity machine and the mind is dualistic. And so we can, we can stay there forever and have conversations and, Go through all the pros and then the cons are going to come back and say, well, here's all the cons. And we can just bounce back and forth like a tennis match, right? But the heart is unity, is singular. There's no dualism there. The heart knows. It's just, can we come into the trust? So the, the practice of yoga is really about coming into the body very powerfully. And when we come into the body powerfully, we come into clarity. So yoga was huge for me um, in coming into the body. But I do want to speak to this dynamic because um, I think it's it's relevant for a lot of people. Self-development, right? For a long time, I knew there was a lot that was not right within me. But self-development was just another genre at the bookstore, like all the other genres. I knew that I knew about it. I heard about it. But it didn't have any direct relevance to me, even though it actually did. I didn't have an energetic connection to it. And that's mm. the key. And I think that's where the breakthrough lies for people when they've heard about self-development. They know it's a thing. They know who Tony Robbins is, but is it relevant to them? And is it relevant energetically? Right. And it's more about energy than it is about the mind. And so that's where, you know, when you look at people who have spiritual awakenings or when they come into self-development, a lot of times they come in through heartbreak or they come in through, you know, some, some big moment in their life that was the catalyst. And I do an exercise with, um, in, in my, one of my programs where it's like, Hey, map out your life in chronological order, you know, just think about your life and then chart the low points in your life. And then they chart the low points. All right. Six, 12, 24, 32. Now go back and chart the high points in your life and draw a line. And what you'll find is the low points always proceed. The, high, the lowest lows always precede the highest highs. Mm -hmm. And it actually forms this kind of heartbeat, which is pretty cool. Um, 
but just to illustrate that a lot of times it's about an and there's an energetic catalyst that opens us up to the work and it's really opening us up to the flow yeah. when we're in the flow things start to move so this energetic connection that you talk to, I, I like this. You're saying that the only time that people open up or that you opened up to, in this case, personal development was when you noticed there was an energetic connection. Would you say that is something that somebody can consciously engineer or is it something that is more like fate you know, it's destiny. It's like, for me, I came into this world, into this work when I was at my lowest point, essentially in life, right? Depressed, mm -hmm. uh, cult uh, contemplating suicide, anxious states. You know, my life was going downhill. And that's when I found Tony Robbins and Les Brown. And that's when everything started to shift. And I'm wondering, do you think that this is, everybody needs some sort of a, a crisis in their life to be activated or is there another way? Well, certainly I think that's the gateway for a lot of people, right? Uh, there's definitely a theme of that in self-development, but look, you have to, you have to have a relevance. It has to be relevant to you. So if you feel like your life is good, why would you need Tony Robbins? Right. And a lot of people I've seen people post Facebook about posts about this. Um, you have to feel that there's something that you're going to gain out of this. Right. Like, period. Otherwise, sure. it's not happening. Right. Um, and and so a lot of people are stuck. They know that there's there's something wrong. There's no that there's more of them that wants to come online, but they don't know how to get there. And so that's where the heartbreak, whatever the deep point you know, that can be the penetrating factor that opens up that flow. Um, but it really comes down to relevance. And oh, and another, another dynamic is the way that I've described this for me is that here's another factor in this equation, the fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. right? Because we're so comfortable being misery, miserable, if we know what it's going to look like every day. Like for me, I was miserable working the job that I was working at. Like, hey, I did not like it crawling in my skin, but I knew, okay, well, this is what Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is going to be. And then repeat. What's outside of that? Ooh, that's really scary. I convinced myself that the only thing I could do was be a video production guy that didn't like video and wasn't good at it for years until the pain of inaction outweighed the risk of taking action mm. and then that it's like can that can that surface membrane hold when that energy dynamic shifts right. that's generally for a lot of people that's when it shifts right. mm. you talk a lot about flow and mm -hmm. i hear this word being offered around in, in many different contexts can you elaborate what flow is in your understanding and how you know once you tap into that state of flow. Sure. Yeah, there's levels to the game. There's levels to the game. Yeah. And so, you know, just before our call, y'all don't know this, but I was feeling some nerves. And so I said, hey, Mario, give me, give me a minute. Let me go. Let me go dance this out. And so I put on some music. And I just started flowing. Now I'm flowing with music, right? And music is energy. Everything's energy, but music carries certain energy. So if you, if you walk into a room, guess what? If there's, if they're playing rap, it's going to make you feel different than they're playing classical. Right. Then if they're playing pop or whatever the genre is, right? It carries a different vibration and that vibration we experience. Now, how do we experience that? Well, it's, it's, a, it's many variables. Hey, what's our taste? What's our openness, right? We might be super open to classical, but super, super turned off by country, mm -hmm. right? And so in, in those two examples, for instance, if we feel the classical, it's going to really come into our field as a harmon, harmonious experience. And it can have a profound cathartic exp, uh, effect on us, right? It can change our mood very strongly. 
if we feel an aversion to country, then guess what? It's going to affect us differently. We're going to be like, ooh, I don't like that. We're going to clinch up. We're going to restrict the flow of energy versus in the classical, we're going to relax. We're going to ease into it. Profound effect on our state. Now, which one do you think you're going to feel more equipped to be creative with? right? The classical, because you're at ease and you're not resisting anything. You're just in flow, right? You're, you're, you're with the flow. If you're feeling the country, you're like, no, your breath is getting shallow. You might be holding your breath. You're tensing up, right? You're resisting the music. You're also resisting the moment. And the moment is all that we have. The moment is how we access flow. The moment is how we access infinite intelligence through inspiration. And so there's an illustration of how when we resist anything, we resist everything, right? And if we're with the flow, then we're with the flow. And so how many areas of our lives are we clinching up and resisting and holding energy in and resisting the flow? Many. And so I've created a couple programs to support people in integrating those things that we resist because they're just triggers, right? And so... There's some kind of resonance within us that we don't like, right? So this is, this is a different rabbit hole, right? That we can go down. Um, but it's about clearing our channel of, of triggers so that we can just be in flow and, and really open up our vessel. Yeah. And so if we're not resisting the moment, then we are available for whatever wants to come through. And this is where there's different levels of flow there's different levels of excitement and inspiration, right? You get, you know, you probably get super excited. It's all different for everyone. <laughs> you know, you go to grandmother's house and there's chocolate chip cookies in the oven. You go to a dance party, you go to a concert, you go to a soccer match, different levels of excitement, depending on what lights you up. I love talking about flow and consciousness. So I get super inspired by that. And the energetic funding is the passion. It's the excitement. And we can always get more excited. So we can always access more and more currents of potential, potential energy. Mm. And, and that is energetic funding. So when I get super and at my, I'm starting to get a little bit more in tune and excited and I can feel there's more bandwidth that I have access to. Mm. And that it's been a journey for me to not just rifle off like a machine gun talking mm. a mile a minute. Because I'm overwhelmed by the energy. It's like, let me get it out. It's, I'm, I've expanded my capacity for the amount of energy that I can hold. But it really does light me up. Like, I can go all night with this energetic funding. Yeah. And, and what's beautiful about it is that I'm articulate. My words just come. I don't have to think about them. They just flow out. And a lot of times, I'll get new insights or, or new realizations on something that I'd be like, wow, I never even thought of it like that. I didn't even know that it could be like that. And so there's a level of intelligence that is allowed through my field that can even surprise me. So it's, you know, it's, it's about dissolving complexity in our field, clearing our energetic channel, and then really following our highest excitement. Because what lights us up the most is how we pump the most electricity into the world. It's our maximum energetic funding. What is the difference between what lights up, uh, what's light, light us up the most and pleasure? So let me give you an example. Say, mm -hmm. for instance, I'm right now, I'm doing a self-mastery challenge with my, with my group cohort. I'm guiding it 61 days. It's very, it's very strict. Um, I get up at five in the morning. I have uh, meditation, Qigong practice, journaling, reading, uh, and a workout. And I only allow myself to have one meal for of whatever I want per week. Otherwise, I'm very clean in, in, in what I eat um, and uh, no alcohol. And so I could say what lights me up a lot is, for instance, all kinds of foods. Like I love pizza. I love burgers. I love you know, you, you name it, the, that tends to be rather on the unhealthy side, quote unquote. Now, I could say 
that stuff really lights me up right um or watching a great movie every night that really lights me up but i know that sticking to this self mastery challenge is gives me a more long term lighting me up so how does that compare great question man so there's a lot of factors variables in that equation hmm. what i find through my work in guiding people in integrating more of themselves, right? And also integrating traumas, stuck energy. Well, a lot of those things factor in, let's see, it's to the food conversation. Because a lot of the food, let's face it, in the modern day is emotionally, is emotional eating. Sure. And, and so we eat to get the dopamine hit. We eat to numb out the feelings that we don't want to feel. Mm. That is an epidemic. That's just, most of people's eating is driven by that. Now, that's not a conscious process. It's an unconscious process. And so for the listeners out there, how many times a day do you go to the pantry or go get some food? And are you even hungry? Or are you just grabbing something just to, to munch on because, because why? Right? And this is tricky because it kind of hides in plain sight. We don't think about it. We're just used to just snacking kind of mindlessly. And so if we do the integration work, guess what? There's less to avoid and numb out. And and so what that opens up is also the mind-body connection. And with that mind-body connection, we're more connected in the present moment to how food makes us feel when we're consuming it, right? If we're not fully present and conscious while we're eating, well, then it's easy to have a big greasy cheeseburger and then not realize that, Hey, when I take this bite, when I'm, when this is going down actually is making me feel not very good. Right. Right. Because there's two things happening. Yeah. We get the kind of like, Ooh, this tastes amazing, which yeah. Right. We've all had all kinds of food that tastes amazing. We're like, this is what I'm talking about. Right. But, but if we're super present in our body, we'll feel how it makes us feel when it's going down. And that will lead us to make more aligned decisions, right? Because we can feel, oh my gosh, this just, I was so in a good energy and good headspace. And now I just feel like crap. Like I lost all my motivation, all my inspiration. I just need to go take a nap for like a day. <laughs> we can also feel when we, when we drink a smoothie or a, a salad that's like really nutrient rich, that it actually our body's like, yes, this feels amazing. And we can feel that. And so, there's, you know, this field of the kind of intuitive eating when we're connected, our body will actually tell us, right? And that clarity is accessed through feeling. I feel like a cheeseburger. And sometimes we do have inspired cheeseburger eatings. We really want the protein. Maybe we need some, some fats like that. And like I've had experiences where I've eaten kind of what would be termed like not healthy food, but it was a healthy experience. But that clarity was accessed through presence and feeling what was inspired in that moment. What did my body actually want? So there's an example of, you know, tapping into that, that felt sense of intuition, which carries an intelligence that knows what the body wants. Yeah. Right. Because if we're, if we're wanting to exercise that discipline, that does take a lot of energy. Right. And you're, you know, Mr. Zenpreneur, you can do that. Right. And it can be challenging to 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 sustain that over a long period of time sure and so if we can if we can tap the the inner wisdom of the body then we have a co-creator on our side that really is helpful mm. Mm. so essentially if i understand you correctly you're saying that flow requires a conscious requires you to be in a conscious state it really requires you to cultivate what you're about to do what place you're coming from more so than where you're going. Did, did, did I understand that correctly? Say that again. So if engaging in, in a flow state is more about where am I coming from? Am I coming from a conscious place where I'm really feeling into what I'm about to do? And I'm asking myself, is this something that genuinely nurtures me my state of being nurtures me to be more creative to be more inspired to be more impactful to be more joyful the higher states of consciousness versus 
oh man, I could just really eat that pizza right now because that pizza would cover up for, I just got off a sales call and I was so hyped to get to close that sales call. And the guy said, yeah, I'm not going to do it. And so my mood just dropped. And now I'm looking uh -huh. for food to give me that kick of dopamine, to give me that sense of pleasure. Is, is that what I'm understanding correctly? Yeah, so that, that tension is an interesting one, right? That's present in that dynamic. Flow to me is, is more about being, in, it's about being in tune with our energetic experience in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so we can feel, okay, oh, I'm gonna go eat whatever, pizza, or go to the pantry to get some snacks. Okay, let me breathe here and let me just feel, let me check in, am I hungry? Or am I just going to do this? Okay. And odds are we're not hungry. If we are, okay, let's breathe into what would feel good. What would feel good? Not the mind, but truly. And breathing through whatever that craving is, whatever that urge is, where do you feel it in your body? If you're feeling like, oh, I'm going to get some food, but I'm not really hungry. All right, well, then breathe into what are you feeling here? What's going on? Because something is driving that. Right. And if you can receive whatever is there that you might be trying to avoid, feelings wanting to be felt, sensations wanting to be sensed, we can open up to experience those energies, feelings, and sensations. That's going to create more space for more clarity and more connection. And come into that deeper clarity of like, wait, okay, I just, I just was breathing through what I was trying to avoid. Okay. I felt through it. Now there's nothing to avoid. And, and I, and I've come to the clarity that I'm not actually hungry. And so now I'm just going to walk back to my desk and be, I'm more present mm. to the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You, so you talk about connecting with the body and i'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more on how do you di differentiate between a story that the mind is coming up with versus an actual experience in the body because oftentimes and i find and i'm curious to hear your opinion a lot of men especially men have trouble with this when i ask them how are you they give me some sort of a story that It's mm -hmm. up here. And I asked them, where do you feel that? And they're like, yeah, you know, just like here, here. And that often is an indication to me that they're not really connected with their body. And after further and deeper exploration, they're like, oh, actually here. So I'm wondering, mm -hmm. how, how do you look at that? Love the question, bro. Super important question. So a few things. Let me see. Um, Yeah. So one of my teachers um, told me about this famous Zen master. And there was a Western reporter that asked him, hey, what do you think of the Western world? And he said, lost in thought. Mm -hmm. That's all he said. And, and I have an example to illustrate, um, illustrate this, I think, pretty, pretty powerfully and pretty uh, funny anecdote. So I have a client. And one of the, this guy, guy, super in his head, and he's super empathic and super sensitive. And so by being in his head, he's closed off to just so much information, like sensorial information that he has access to as, as being this empathic and sensitive guy. And so the journey is going from here to here. And we were exploring the triggers for him, the anxiety. Like, and one of the big ones was when his wife asked him, What do you want for dinner tonight? And he's just like, uh, I don't know. And he, he like freaks out. So what's going on there? He's trying to, to access the clarity to that answer. And he can't because he's in the mind. Right? And the mind doesn't have access to clarity. Clarity is a felt experience. Just like, okay, what do you feel like for dinner tonight? That is a felt experience i just to the dynamic we were just speaking on i feel like a salad or i feel like a cheeseburger but let it be connected and it's because mm. he's disconnected he's in his mind it it like short circuits him because he can't access the clarity to the answer 
until we started working together. Then now it's like, it's a joke that we have, you know, it's like, Hey man, no pressure to figure it out. Just breathe and say, Hey, give me a moment. Let me feel into this. <laughs> and then we access that clarity, right? Okay. Yeah. I feel, or, or I'm not sure, babe, <laughs> that's okay too. That's okay. Right. And, and actually giving yourself permission in that space to not know a lot of times is all we needed to do to open up the space to, to know. So if you're in a conversation with a room of friends before we had smartphones, what would happen if someone couldn't remember, we all couldn't remember the actor's name. We didn't have Google to look it up. As soon as we let it go, the group think trying to, trying to figure it out. Boom. There it is. Oh, this guy, that's his name. Right. And that's an interesting dynamic there illustration of how when we're trying in the mind, that's a try thing. When we let go of trying, we can open up to allow what's the clarity to reveal itself. And so this question that you posed to me about how do you differentiate between the story of the mind and what is revealed through the body? Well, when I guide people somatically in integrating energetically, right? Feeling, feelings, sensing, sensations coming back into the body, then that discernment actually is a really important thing. Because we might be feeling into traumas or old emotions or memories. And then the mind, guess what it's going to do? It's going to tell a story about the experience. Because that's its job. And odds are it's going to tell a pretty compelling story. But the discernment is noticing when it's the mind telling the story versus a revelation that just arrives as a gift through our direct experience of feeling. And the more we do this type of work, the more that discernment opens up to us because we can feel when something's clear, it just arrives through the heart. Just here it is. And we don't feel the question. We're just like, right, that is true. That is, that is right. That makes sense versus, oh, this means this and and all that complexity. And so one is through the product of a mental process. The other is through just a receiving of our felt experience. Hmm. So this is very interesting. If I understand you correctly, you're saying that the mind thinks and the heart knows. The mind is often an ex- the mind is an expression of the past, of past memories of what happened, and it, it engages with trauma. Right? Trauma that happened in the past recreates a certain uh, story that is connected to the past, and it then ties it to whatever is happening in the moment. Now, I would love for you to elaborate. Why does the heart know? Where does it get that knowing from? Like, let's, can you, can you take like a real life example for an entrepreneur? Let's say, you know, they're, they're, they feel stuck. They're not sure Mm -hmm. in what direction to take their business. You know, they're, they might not be working with the kind of clients that they've worked, been working with for a long time. And they're like, they're at a pivotal point, but they're not quite sure. Do I take door A, B or C? or a completely new thing that I haven't even considered. How in that situation can they tap into the body or the heart? Like, is, it, is, it a, is there a difference? Is it the same thing? And then come to that clarity that you were just talking about so that there's no more question in their mind, but just like, this is the way, let's go. Beautiful question. I would say that that is the million dollar question. Right or a million dollar question. There's there's many. Right, I've I've developed a whole three month curriculum for taking people on that journey, and I'm going to speak to that. Right, because <clears throat> so I'm going to tell a little story here because it really is deserving of some some context. Um, so when we come into this world as an innocent child, we come into this world as inspiration personified. So before we even have a separate sense of self, we just are doing whatever we want to do, right? right? You look at a little child, they're just exploring all the places, right? Everything's new, beginner's mind. And they're chasing butterflies just because they don't need to justify it or rationalize it or explain it. It's just, there's a butterfly. What's the logical thing to do when you see a butterfly and you're a little kid to chase it, to go just be inspiration 
being curious. Now, that is flow. That is flow happening. Hmm. Think about that. Inspiration is, is, you know, if you go to the etymology of inspiration, it actually means to allow the breath of the divine in. And so that is what's happening with that child. So that's really what most entrepreneurs, most people in self-development want to get back to is just living in that freedom of inspiration. So why is that so difficult? Why is self-development a multi-billion dollar industry? It's because there's a lot of complexity. And that complexity, guess what? We get that through socialization, programming, indoctrination, conditioning, trauma, right? So what happens when our, when our parents, right, get sick of us just chasing butterflies? They say, hey, depending on our parents, hey, cut that out. Sit still. Be a good boy. Be a good girl. Millions and millions of times. And then we go to school and they're like, hey, sit still for eight hours a day and study math. What? Crazy. Right. So then it, right, exactly. It puts us in our minds. Right. And what it also does is it causes to, us to filter through the mind before we come into inspiration. Wait, should I should I just go chase the butterfly? No, I shouldn't do that because I'll get in trouble. So you can see how it's placing all this complexity in our field, which disrupts our flow. And it actually then takes over and becomes the norm. And if we have traumas, well, that's a, that's another rabbit hole discussion. But essentially with trauma, what happens is we get we have a traumatic experience. That experience is stored. The energy of that experience and the memory of it is stored somatically in our nervous system. And trauma doesn't need to be big T like rape or war. It could be our mom yelled at us when we spilled the milk. And we, we, we get a whole bunch of these things. They clog up our flow. And so it's about doing the integration work to dissolve that complexity and resolve that complexity and the trauma and the energetic blocks. And so now coming full circle to your question here, well, what if you're an entrepreneur and you want to get clarity on a course of action or you feel stuck? Well, if we have, if we're clear in our inspiration and our excitement, this is inspiring and exciting. Okay, so what then would get in the way of us just taking that current of potential energy and allowing it to manifest through us as currency? There's gonna be some kind of energetic block or distortion in that pathway. Now, we might not be conscious of what it is, and that's where self-development can help bring more awareness. It's like, ooh, in this dynamic, I didn't realize that I get stuck when I'm trying to you know, do things to completion because when I did that as a child, this, this, and this happened, yeah. right? And so what we want to do is contact the, bring more awareness to the situation globally, but contact the energy where there's the block because energy moves through our experience. So a lot of times when I hear entrepreneurs say that they're stuck, what I hear a lot of times, what I find is that they're actually afraid mm -hmm. and they don't know it. Mm. And so all fear is a fear of feeling. Yeah. Right. So we're not afraid of rejection. We're afraid of the feeling associated with it yeah. because if rejection made us feel ecstatic, we would, we'd be fine with it. We'd actually go just cold call all day. Right. Right. But it's the feeling associated. So, we're afraid to feel some kind of feeling. We have an energetic aversion to feeling whatever it is. And it's because that there's an energetic aversion, then we just like, we don't, we don't go in that direction. And here's, here's the kind of trick with that is our nervous system actually has an early detection system that feels frequency, feels energy, like five steps out ahead of our conscious awareness. So, we're going into a room and we can feel, oh, there's a frequency that we're uncomfortable with, that we don't like feeling. So instead of going to this room, we're actually just going to go in the other room. And we didn't even know that that process took place. And so that's where people can be stuck for a long time and they don't even know what's keeping them stuck. And that's where we can do the feeling work, the integration work to feel into vectors of potential energy. Well, what if you, so you have three different pathways. All right, we'll feel into what if you did door A? What if you did door B? What if you did door C? And I've done this with clients before. Ooh, door A feels like, no way do I want to go down there. Feel, it feels, or it feels really heavy. Door B feels really light. 
door C feels neutral. And with all of these, there's, that's information. But with all of those, what we don't want to do is just say, okay, and we, we can actually develop the discernment to know which door is right pretty quickly. But let's feel into, all right, well, what if you did door A and it felt really heavy? Feel the heaviness. Allow yourself to allow that, all that energy through. See what reveals itself. Door B, it feels light. Allow the lightness through. See what reveals itself. This feels neutral. All right? All of that is, is what we can open up to flow yeah. and more information. Yeah. So, um, and feeling is revealing. Mm. Now, one follow-up question to that is a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, are, as we have already talked about, are very head-oriented. They're very logical. They're very much, mm -hmm. okay, uh, Newtonian world. This leads to this leads to this leads to this leads to this. Done. Result. Now, from a logical perspective, what you're saying is quite challenging to comprehend because you did say that the knowing is in the heart. The knowing is in the body. Now, mm -hmm. how can that be? Can you elaborate? Like, Because isn't it that all the information is stored in the brain or the mind is how is it that the body can know what's the best choice for us great question and you know the on my website there's a quote that says the longest journey you'll ever take is from here to here yeah and look it's 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 the journey from Actually, let me pull up what I say because I, I wrote this all down. Um, the journey from here to here is the journey from fear to faith, right? It's the journey from effort to ease, linear to quantum, thinking to feeling, confusion to clarity, monotony to miracles, scarcity to abundance, compulsive doing to a living with intention. And I'm back with you now. Um, right. And so some of these things, fear to faith, that's a big, that's a big gap, right? And so I coach a lot of entrepreneurs in this paradigm shift, in this new way of being. And I'll tell you, it's a nonlinear journey because there's a book I highly recommend to everyone called The Surrender Experiment. Have you read it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, right? And so it's this guy's story and it's just a story of uncanny miracle after uncanny miracle. And it's, it's really worth reading. That book changed my life. It, it, it showed me that this is real, that there is a higher power at play, higher intelligence. And I don't care. I don't need to have a name for it. I just like, wow, okay, there's something here. Right. Now, I read that book, and I believe it completely. I believe that paradigm. But there's still this whole journey to work out within myself to get more comfortable here, right? And when we get uncomfortable, what do we do? We default to what we know and what we can control, which is of the mind. Yes. So it's, it's like coming down here a little bit and then retreating back and then coming down here a little bit, retreating back two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. It's a journey. And I will say that the more we come down into here, the more we find this just divine alignment where, you know, thing our when we do the inner work, our outer world is just reflection of our inner world. So if we're living in here, then our outer world is going to be, it's going to re reorient itself accordingly. So if you look in the mirror and you see some dirt on your face, are you going to wipe the mirror or are you going to wipe your face? Ooh. Right? And a lot of us have PhDs in mirror wiping, myself included. I've wiped <laughs> a lot of mirrors. I've wiped a lot of mirrors. And guess what? No matter how much mirror wiping you do, the dirt is still on your face. Mm. But when you do the inner work here, come into your heart, essentially what we're doing is we're coming into our authentic vibrational essence. And then our authentic life outside will match that. So, you know, there's science that's starting to back this stuff up. You know, we had this kind of intersection of science and spirituality. Um, but I would, to, to speak more fully to your point, I would point to psychedelics. And because that's a fascinating industry right now. Because you've had this, you know, initial back in the 50s, 60s, rich academic work that was shut down. And then you had this underground movement carry for a long time. And then that academic clinical work coming back online. You have this cross-pollination between above ground and, and below ground work. And 
entrepreneurs, psychedelics is a big thing in the entrepreneurial space, as we know. And I'm, you know, it's been a big part of my journey. And I've been, I've been in it in the space for like seven years. And I bring a lot of, of my entrepreneurial friends. I'm there for their first experience. And what I found is that no matter what cosmology they walk in the door with, their cosmology will trend in the direction of mystical from that point forward. No matter if they're Jewish, Muslim, atheist, agnostic, something, right? And the same thing for the clinical researchers who are coming from initially from a super heady place. Yeah. It opens them up. What's, you might ask them, hey, what's the number one learning from psychedelics? And I've, and I've seen it on 60 Minutes. They said, love is the most powerful force in the universe. Right, that's their biggest takeaway. Mm. So there's something to this, and that something is is accessed through our experience, yeah. right? Not not through their mind, through through experiencing. And when we experience it, guess what? Then it filters through the ripple effect into the mind, and we start to see the world differently. Yeah, that's such a beautiful answer that you gave, and I am fully there with you. I remember when I went to Dr. Joe Dispenza to the retreat in August in Vienna. I came in with my head, with a lot of entitlements, like, ah, I've been meditating for a decade. I've done eight ayahuascas. I don't even know how many mushroom ceremonies I've done. Like, what do you, I'm the G, right? I, I, I know this stuff. I came in with that story in my head. And then as I went through the experience, I was so beautifully humbled, where I was like, I don't know shit. I don't know anything. It's like, it's like, it's like, I said, Mario up there, it's like, sit down, boy. It's like, sit down and learn. <laughs> and I just, the more I let go of telling myself that I know anything, the more profound the experience became. In fact, mm -hmm. it was the most profound experience of my life. And that comes from having done so many psychedelic journeys where I thought, well, I've seen it all. And it just, to your point, it just reopened me to this idea that there's this Zen saying, I think it's either Zen or in the Tao Te Ching, but it's like something along the lines of the, the finger that is pointing at God doesn't understand God. It's like the moment you tell yourself you understand God, the universe, spirit, whatever name you want to give it to it, you, lo you lose it. And it's so true because in every meditation I have, every time I'm getting into that space where it's just that blissful experience. The moment my mind switches on, I said, oh, I got it. Whoop, I'm out immediately. And that's when the mind takes over. And then I start to feeling more stressed and overwhelmed and frustrated. And then to your point of what you said about surrender, then it's about remembering like surrender. Just and surrender for those of you that might have a an army background, you would be like, oh, "What do you mean surrender? I don't surrender. Surrender doesn't mean give up. Surrender means give in, give in to the experience, give in to what is happening. And what is happening might not be the most comfortable thing you wished for. You know, you might give into anger, you might give into sadness, you might give into desperation in that moment in time. But the more you do, the more you leave the mind, you go into the body and this mystical experience starts to happen. And it's exactly what you said. All of a sudden, all the answers are revealed. All of the things that you've asked yourself, how do I do that? What, if, what, what did this event and do my life? Why did this happen? The answers start to appear and you're like, oh, I get it. And it's not this getting, this mind getting, this yes. It's this calm, knowing, this sense of, ah, like that's for me, that's a sign that I'm on the quote unquote right path. I think that every path is the right path because it leads to the same outcome eventually. But in this, the, the most aligned path in that moment, it's this relaxed knowing. It's this, the body goes, oh. and I find that to me, it personally is often an indication that I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm taking the right step. And I can lean further into that direction and further into that direction. And that to bring it full circle is a really powerful decision-making process that yes, isn't linear. It's not going to happen in the time that you think it's supposed to happen because there's something else that, you know, call it God, divine intelligence has in store for you, but you keep ignoring it because you tell yourself, oh, I know the way. 
it's supposed to happen all this way. And then what happens when we hold ourselves to the path that we think and how it's all supposed to lay out? We get frustrated. We get anxious. We get angry. We waste all of our energy. And then we go into this tunnel vision and we block out all of the possibilities and opportunities that are right in front of us, staring us in the face, but we can't see it because we tell ourselves, no, it's supposed to be this way. So I love what you shared. And I'd love for you maybe to respond to something that I shared. Is there anything else that came up for you? Oh, man, I love, I love what you shared, bro. Um, look, all knowing comes from unknowing. Mm. The unknown is where all the infinite possibility resides. Right. And so can we learn to embrace the unknown? And fear of the unknown is one of the biggest things that keeps people stuck. But, um, you know, there's so many, there's so many quotes around this, uh, in the cave, you fear lies the treasure you seek. And I got another good one here, which I'm going to pull up. Uh, Terrence McKenna has a beautiful one that is so relevant here. So I'm going to, I have it in my WhatsApp. I know I do. Um, but yeah, it's this notion that, um, there's also a really good Will Smith video on this, uh, where he says, God placed everything you want on the, on the other side of fear. Right. And right. And he's talking about skydiving. You can Google that one. It's fantastic. Um, but what we come to realize through practice is every time we go into fear, it's just a doorway to expansion, right? Fear is just a place that we're afraid to inhabit. So it's real estate that we could have access to if we just go into it. And guess what? There's infinite, there's infinite real estate. We live in an infinite universe. So there's infinite expansion available to us. And anytime we bump up against fear, remember, all fear is just a fear of feeling. So can we feel the feelings there? That will open up the space. And then, wow, new real estate. Ooh. And every time we open up new real estate, guess what? More of us. There's more room for more of us. There's more room for possibility in our consciousness. And if there's more room for possibility in our consciousness, remember, our outer world is just a reflection of our inner world. So for me, you know, 10 years ago, living in my zone of confidence, incompetence, definitely not confidence, zone of incompetence, incompetence, how much space was there in my consciousness for possibility? Mm. Not much at all. And so my life was very small. But then I took a giant leap of faith and I've taken several more. And so there's a lot more room for possibility, right? I live in a, I live in a fairy tale, magical dream house with my dream partner. <laughs> About to start our dream family because I opened up, took a leap of faith. And here my my thing is uh, up here. So here we go. Listen to this. Quote from Terrence McKenna, nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not, will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold. This is what they really understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done. By hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering that it's a feather bed. Mm. Beautiful. You know, because if we believe in a benevolent universe, Einstein said that's one of the most important decisions we can make. Then, yeah, we can trust the universe by taking that leap into the unknown and trusting that we're going to be held when we do that. And the more practice you have at that, the more you can trust the process and trust that you're going to be held every time you do that. And this is the surrender experiment. And that's why I highly recommend that book. I'm living my own journey of that right now. And I think there's going to be 10,000 of those books written this decade because it's always the hardest when you're the first person to do it. Right. And there's not those books out there when there, when there's a bunch of people doing it, it's like that, that curve of a, a new technology, early adopters, pioneers, and then late to the party. Right. So we're on that wave right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. That's so that's so valuable. And the whole conversation has really been packed with the kind of insights that when you really apply them, they will give you those quantum leaps. So I highly recommend that anybody listening to this, listen again and take notes and really dive into if you're if if you would if you would tell people to just take one action step from everything that you share today, like the minimum viable action to get people to move forward in a massive way, what would that be? Oh, gotta be one. Um, so I can't, I don't know if I can just do one. Um, first of all, if you're going to listen to this recording again, I would listen from a place of feeling. Never. Right. So, so Varna said, listen, take notes. I would say only take notes, very little notes, listen from a place of feeling mm. and let the mind just chill. Because when you listen from a place of feeling, you're listening from a place of resonance. If something resonates, it's going to integrate as a learning instantaneously into your consciousness. Yeah. Now, contrast that with when you're in college and you're cramming for an exam and you're doing flashcards, how long do you retain that information? Not very long. So if you listen from a place of feeling, you're going to absorb what you're meant to absorb. Just trust that. And that, that alone could be a spark. There could be something that you integrate that completely changes your life. And I'm not even kidding on that. Um, if I were to recommend one thing, I'll probably give you a few here. For me, yoga was a really big part of my journey because it got me out of my mind and into my body. And that's a really important thing. Really important. Um, you know, it depends on where, where you are in your journey. You know, um, psychedelics are also a big portal. They can be a big catalyst. Um, but yeah, on top of that, I would say, uh, you know, check out, check out my programs because this is what I do. Lead us right into that. Cause that would have been the next question is like, you talk a little bit about delivering divinity. I know that's a, a three month, uh, mastermind that you have, and you also have it connected to a uh, free, amazing Facebook group where people can get a lot more of the things that you spoke about today. Am I right? Exactly, brother. Yeah. So I have a free Facebook group called Delivering Divinity, Divine Alignment and Community for Spiritual Entrepreneurs. And it's all about clearing our channel of any energetic distortions, energetic blocks that prevent clarity, prevent connection, prevent flow, and then opening up to flow and living into divine alignment. Right, because as we open up to flow, our energy will reorient in the direction of harmony to our highest alignment, and so that's the journey. And um, and so in that Facebook group, I do weekly live streams. I post a lot of good content, and that is all um, you know feeding my my mastermind, which is a three month journey where I'm taking you on that journey of exactly what I just described. And when we when we all it's so it's eight people in the container. They're all custom invited based on energetic coherence. So I'm playing to my gifts of putting people together. And so when we are coming together with that intention, miracles are opening up to us. And so we're, we're opening up to divine alignment and flow, AKA miracles. And so that three month journey, people transform in really magical ways. And I have a new cohort launching actually tonight. Uh, next one's in January. So first step would be to uh, join the Facebook group and you can see what the paradigm's all about. How can people find the Facebook group? Um, so if you just search Delivering Divinity, uh, Divine Alignment and Community for Spiritual Entrepreneurs, or I don't know if we're able to provide links, we can we can share the link as well. Yeah, I will be sure to add all of your links in the show notes so people can find you, they can connect with you. I'll add your LinkedIn and your Instagram as well as your website as well so people can connect with you there. Uh, Phil, you have been an amazing guest, my brother. Any last words for the audience? Um, you know, it's it's all about love, right? Love are the the conditions, unconditional love are the conditions for flow. 
And so I will have some last words here um, that speaks to the, the overarching paradigm of everything that I do. What we're doing by clearing our channel, opening up the flow and coming into divine alignment is we are receiving ourselves with unconditional love, right? And when we receive ourselves with unconditional love, anything that is a distortion of that frequency, of that energy will reveal itself to be loved into harmony because love brings out anything unlike love to be healed. And so unconditional love is the same energy as infinite intelligence, as the universe, as God. And so essentially what we're doing is we're matching God frequency, source frequency, so that we come into alignment with divine intelligence. And that is where miracles are possible. So it's all about loving ourselves into our highest alignment. Love is the answer, ladies and gentlemen. Phil, oh, yeah. my brother, thank you so much for being uh, a guest on the show. And thank you for being a loyal listener of the Zenpreneur podcast. And with that, we are complete. And I will see you on the next episode.